Good morning. I was trying to time that to arrive at exactly the right point. That didn't work well, did it? Um, great to see you. Biker Sunday is coming up. I'm excited about that. I am thinking about bringing my moped. <laughs> you can laugh, but that's naught to 60 in two and a half hours. That thing is hot, so... Anyway, don't forget what you've heard. If you don't like noise and loud music and smoke and all of that, then, then don't come. Come to one of the other services. Uh, good morning to you folks, lovely people in traditions, those of you joining us <clears throat> excuse me, online as well. Great to have you with us. And just a couple of more quick announcements, if I may. Uh, in March of 2024, that seems like a long way off right now, but it really isn't. March of 2024 my wife Kay and I will be leading our final, our final London and Israel trip. It's the last one we're going to do. You say, why is it the last one? Well, we're busy, and it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time, and we love doing these trips, but this is going to be the last one. And I keep meeting people who say, we want to come on this trip one of these years. Well, this is it. So, if you'd like to come, there's going to be an information meeting on Monday, June the 26th, at 6.30 in room 211, okay? So we'll be sharing that again. If you want to take out your phone, just keep the slide up for a moment, and you can take your phone out and snap that, and then you've got it all sorted, aren't you? A techno genius, so that would be great. Uh, also, these daily Bible reading notes that I write, they are dated, and um, we've got a bunch of these in the cafe. If you don't care about the dates, because we're now two months into the three months, you can get these at half price. Everybody say, wow. That was so spontaneous. Well done. Uh, they're normally $8, and they are $4. So if you like a bargain, uh, pick those up while the supplies last. So we are, when planning this series in Mark's Gospel, we always plan to take a weekend off from that this weekend because this is not only Memorial Day weekend, but it is also Pentecost Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, and, uh, and so therefore I'm going to talk about Pentecost and power for living. In New Testament times, Pentecost was a Jewish feast, a harvest festival, if you like, one of two that they celebrated um, annually. Now, they didn't call it Pentecost, they called it uh, Shavuot. Uh, Pentecost is the Greek name for that festival, but it was during that time, as we're going to see, that the Holy Spirit fell upon the church um, that was gathered in Jerusalem. And Pentecost, therefore, is an important opportunity, not, us, not just for us to celebrate that, but to encourage each other to experience that. So Acts chapter 2, let me read for us about that episode. When the day of Pentecost came, they, that's the disciples, the friends of Jesus, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were, staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. 
because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, and other places that have also got names that are difficult to pronounce. <laughs> Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. As I've been uh, reflecting on the celebration of Pentecost, I've discovered that there are some really interesting traditions that globally take place around the world. Some, in some parts of the world, Christians wear red today as a, a, a symbol of the fire of the Holy Spirit. So, Marilla, well done. You dressed in the Spirit today, um, dressing in red and others too. Uh, that's the symbol. In France, it is customary to blow trumpets during the service. Don't even think about it during the sermon. Um, recalling the sound of the mighty wind that blew as the um, the, in the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, now some cathedrals in Europe have Holy Spirit holes in the roof. I'm not making that up. There's an actual hole in the roof, and on this day, they lower a wooden dove down through the hole as they read about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And if you'd like to look up right now, those of you that are here, like to just look up with me, and you will see that indeed, we do not have one of those holes. Uh, in, uh, in England, um, Pentecost and Whit Sunday, as we call it, is celebrated in Gloucester with a ceremony of cheese rolling. They take a large round of double Gloucester cheese, they go to the top of a hill, and they roll the cheese down the hill 200 yards, and they chase after it. Perfectly normal behavior. <laughs> and you're looking at me right now and you're going, what is that about? And I haven't got a clue. It's weird. And the trouble is that too often when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, people get a bit weird. Part of it is a, a really poor translation of the term Holy Spirit, or the phrase Holy Spirit. A really poor translation is Holy Ghost. And just the idea of a ghost, it seems spooky. It's a poor translation. And I've met Christians who are weird and spooky. They, they're, when they talk about the Holy Spirit, their voices change. And the Holy Spirit, yeah. And the Lord was present to them. I grabbed more neck than I planned. <laughs> and they, they think it's about being out of control or excessively emotional. It gets weird. And that is a tragedy because Jesus doesn't want us to see being filled with the Holy Spirit as an option. If we're going to follow him, he wants us to be full of the Holy Spirit. 
In Ephesians 5.18, we read, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Why did he say that? Because some of them were getting drunk on wine. The early church was not a gathering of the perfect. He had to give that exhortation. But then he says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's in the Greek present continuous tense. What does that mean? A better translation would be, be being filled with the Holy Spirit, an ongoing daily filling. So what I want to do is pan the camera back, if you will, and just look broadly at some of what the Holy Spirit does and wants to do in our lives. First of all, the first thing, the Holy Spirit creates a community for God's purposes. Creates a community for God's purposes. Please notice in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 we read, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. There was a gathering. They were being church together. And then something interesting happens, and I don't want us to miss it. When they heard this sound, the sound of speaking in tongues, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Now, what is going on here? Well, to discover that, we have to go back to the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, God created everything. He declared that it was good. Genesis chapter 3, the first couple rebel against God, the fall of humanity. Genesis chapter 4, the first murder, which, by the way, was over the issue of worship, and tradition continues. If you want Christians to get mad about anything, often worship is the number one item. Genesis chapter 4, then, um, there is this murder. And then things progressively go downhill until it reaches a, a horrible crescendo in Genesis chapter 11, where the people build a city and they want God to be banished from that city, the Tower of Babel or Babel. And God says, enough is enough. And he scatters those people. And there is a confusion of languages. Please notice that. And then right there in Genesis chapter 12, God launches his new community project. And Abraham and Sarah are invited into God's purposes. And this all moves into a nation for God, Israel. Confusion of languages, birth of a new community. So what is happening, please see this, on the day of Pentecost, God is doing nothing less than reversing the curse of Babel. Suddenly, instead of there being confusion, there's clarity. Instead of there being division, there is unity, and the church is birthed. Now, why do I give you that little history lesson? It's because I think somehow we can lose the value and the purpose or the sense of value and purpose that the church has. We can turn church into a bit of a singing group and let's go and listen to someone talking and, and we can treat it like a consumer item. 
But the church, being part of God's church, is an incredible privilege. And this weekend, Memorial Day, we celebrate the truth that we are free and that that freedom has come at a, the ultimate price for many. But please understand, the privilege that is ours is not generally available to Christians around the world. Right now, Open Doors, an organization that works with the persecuted church, they would say that the most dangerous place to be a Christian in the world today is North Korea. It's estimated that there are 400,000 Christians there, although we don't know because many of them, they have to practice their faith in secret. If you are caught in North Korea with a Bible, you risk immediate execution or being sent to a detention camp. If you're sent to a detention camp, they'll send your children, they might be two or three years of age, they go to prison too. If you're a woman, you will likely be to be raped because they want to somehow humiliate Christian women by sexually abusing them and ultimately trafficking them to China. That is the reality that right as we sit and stand here today, in America, free to worship, there are Christians right now in North Korea who are worshiping fearing a knock at the door. Why do I say this? It's because we are free to worship. We are free to gather. But is it possible, I'm getting a bit, a bit passionate, just ratchet, just slow down, just step back, just step. Is it possible that we squander that? Yeah, shall I, shall I mess with church? Oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. And you're saying, Pastor Jeff, are you trying to get us with a bit of guilt? Not really, but I do want us to realize that there are people who are willing to die for the privilege of gathering. And is it possible, therefore, that we could squander our freedom and the high price that's been paid for it? Let me um, gently talk to those online. Sir, you at home, you, sir, with the Winnie the Pooh pajamas. Very nice color of yellow. Not sure it's your color, but... If you're watching because you're 50 miles or more away, or you're in Australia, or you're in England, keep watching online. If you're watching online because you're still nervous about being among big crowds and that's a personal decision, then please keep watching and we're going to continue to develop this as a resource. But can I gently say, if you're watching just because you've got out of the habit, and it's easier not to have to mess with putting your clothes on on Sunday morning and then putting the kids in the car and experiencing the fulfillment of biblical prophecy in the car because the Battle of Armageddon happens in the back seat. <laughs> Come on back. Come on back. Because we are privileged to be part of this thing called the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Secondly, the Holy Spirit brings us power in our weakness. 
power in our weakness. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Jesus promised. After the resurrection, the disciples, to use a theological term, they were a hot mess. They were all over the place. I think we can get the impression that the disciples said, wow, Jesus is alive. Awesome. Let's go change the world. No, they did not. Here are some of the statements describing the disciples that I've lifted from Scripture. This is describing them after the resurrection of Jesus. They were bewildered. They were startled, frightened. They thought they'd seen a ghost. They were troubled, doubting. They were afraid. They worshipped, but some doubted. They were trembling, bewildered, and afraid. They didn't believe. They stubbornly refused to believe. They gathered fearfully behind locked doors. They were weak, and they needed power. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to make us feel like we're spiritual, that we're spiritually advanced. I need the Holy Spirit working in my life because I know my weaknesses, and I need to know his power. That's why the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us. How many of us, how many of you were here last weekend? Raise your hand if you were here last weekend. Raise it high. That's good. Yeah, that's good. How many of us are here this weekend? Just raise your hand. That's well done. Last weekend, I shared what's called a word of knowledge. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's when God tells you something that you couldn't otherwise know unless God told it to you. And I need to be accountable to you in this, so I don't just stand up here and say stuff and you don't know what happened. Last weekend, I said that during the weekend, there would be someone here who had not just felt, but had specifically said three words, it's too late. I asked that person to come and see me. After our 8.30 service, that person came to see me. Now, I tell you that because I just need you to know that the Holy Spirit wants to work in our midst because we're weak and he's strong. What I'm about to share is going to freak some of us out, but... A few years ago, quite a few years ago, Kay and I were back in England... And um, it was Friday, and we were about to go the next day. We had 60 people, leaders, signed up for a, a leadership seminar day, and I was going to be teaching on that, on that day. And everybody had pre-registered, and I was looking forward to it. And I went to bed that night, and I had a dream. God often... Not often. God sometimes speaks to me in dreams. And I think he does that because it's the only time he can get me quiet enough to listen. It's like he says to the angels, he snoreth. Let's do some stuff. <laughs> I am in my dream. I'm standing on a railway station called Pemberton Station. Pemberton Station. And I'm talking to a guy, and he's telling me all of this information. And I woke up, and I thought, what is that? Is, is that the Holy Spirit, or is that last night's pizza? Pepperoni with pineapple, by the way, very good. I went back to sleep and dreamed the same dream again. Woke up, dreamed the same dream again. 
And I got up that morning, and I felt like the Lord said to me, today you're going to meet someone called Pemberton. Tell them what I told you while you were unconscious last night and quiet. I looked at the list of people who'd been registered. Nobody called Pemberton. I thought, oh, the pizza again. We went, we drove an hour to where we were having the seminar. Everybody came in. I'm just about to go into the hall to speak. And a couple run in. And they said, oh, hi, Jeff. We didn't sign up for this, but we heard about it. Could, could we register for this now? And I said, of course you can, sure. Uh, names? And they said, oh, we're the Pembertons. And I went, <laughs> and then I said, seriously, I said, I had a dream about you last night. They're thinking, weirdo. <laughs> and I shared what the Holy Spirit had told me, and we wept and prayed together. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement. Jesus is alive. And the Holy Spirit is at work. And he wants to work with us. And listen, listen, listen. Listen. I don't tell you this story because I want you to think I'm spiritual. Because I want to be more spiritual than I am. And I'm not very spiritual. And I fall asleep when I pray, which is why I walk and pray. Because if I walk, you don't normally see people walking and suddenly going poof. But if God can use Mr. Bean with the Bible, <laughs> see with me, it's like last week, some of you going, Mr. Bean, you see an Exodus? <laughs> if God can use a stumbling person like me who has built his entire ministry based on a spectacular gift of ineptitude. He can do stuff for you. The Holy Spirit brings power in our weakness. That clock is going around. There's a clock at the back. So I might go two or three minutes over time. Is that okay? All in favor, say. Those against. <laughs> Thirdly, the Holy Spirit enables confidence in the Father's presence. Confidence in the Father's presence. Heard this old story about uh, two kids who were having a fight. Um, both in the same family, but one was born into the family and the other one had been adopted into the family. And the one who'd been born into the family was being kind of mean to his brother. And he said, you're not really part of this family because you were adopted. I was born into this. You're not really a part of this. That's really nasty. And the lad who was adopted, he said, well, he said, they chose me. <laughs> they just got stuck with you. <laughs> In wanting us to know the Father's heart towards us, the New Testament uses the language of adoption. 
And also shows us that the Holy Spirit wants us to experience what it means to be at home with the Father. Romans 8, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, it means daddy. It's through a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we're able to experience the Father's love. Galatians 4, because you are his sons and daughters, it's a generic term, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father, so you are no longer a slave but God's child, and since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This might be a surprising statement to some. I believe that resting in the Father's love doesn't come naturally to any of us. I believe that on the basis of what Scripture is saying. It's a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And your experience of your earthly father, your daddy, might be great, but you still need the Holy Spirit to work because God is not like your daddy, however good he was. Jesus never said God's like a a good dad. Jesus taught God the Father's like a dad you never ever imagined. And then some of us, the word daddy, father, those words hurt us even as I say them. Because daddy left, didn't he? Or you wish daddy had left because of what he did. And I am so sorry that you went through the experience not only of corrupted fatherhood, but the devastation that that has caused. Whatever our experience of fatherhood, the Holy Spirit wants to help us. St. Augustine, a North African bishop, wrote 1,600 years ago, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. If there was only you, God loves you supremely. And the Holy Spirit wants to work that work. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit creates family likeness and transformation. Family likeness and transformation. Second Corinthians, and we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Orthodox Church talk about something called Christification. God is not just wanting us to be nicer people. He wants to turn us into people who look like Jesus in our character. I want to say, before I move on to the last thing, that this is the best way to live. It's the beautiful way to live. Back in the 60s, does anyone remember the 60s? I barely do. I was born in 1956, but back in the 60s, some of you are laughing, I really was born in 1956. And um, back in the 60s, it was the era of free love. Don't you worry about 
all those outdated institutions that are not groovy, man. Don't worry about that. Just sleep with who you want to sleep with. That was the message. But what if the gift of our sexuality has been so abused by that kind of cultural thinking that much of our depression and anxiety has been precisely because we lifted sex outside of the safety of the marriage covenant because it was never, ever a good idea to casually give your heart or your, just your body to a stranger or an acquaintance. And now we're living in a culture which is so pornography-soaked, God help our young people, because they don't have to go to that nasty store in Fort Collins. They just get it on their phone. And now we have been messed up because we've listened to the wrong message. I'm getting passionate again. I want to declare this. God's way is best. It's the way to live. Holy Spirit creates family likeness. Let's cooperate with him. Look at what Paul says in Philippians. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I do not like that until I read the rest of the verse. That talks about a lot of effort. But then it says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. As we make good choices, the Holy Spirit can empower and will empower us to live in the good of those choices. Well, the last thing is this. Number five, the Holy Spirit empowers us for witness, empowers us to tell others about Jesus. Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, and to the ends of the earth. This is not just about me or you in our own personal lives. When I became a Christian, I was crazy about telling people about Jesus, regardless of whether they wanted to know. You didn't want to sit next to me on a bus or a plane, Lord help you, nine hours. I walked around with a big Jesus badge that said something like, hello, you're lost. I was, I was like, I'd manipulate every conversation around to Jesus. Hello, Jeff, would you like a cheese sandwich? No, thank you. I have the bread of life. How about you? It's awful. I don't know how my parents ever became Christians because I was obnoxious. Hello, Dad. I am a Christian. You, sadly, as far as I understand it, are not. You are lost for eternity. Have a nice day. How he ever became a Christian, that was a work of the Holy Spirit. But I think I've done the pendulum swing. And instead of turning every conversation around to Jesus, because I don't want to be like that anymore, I've lost some of my voice, and I'm getting it back. And it doesn't mean that you're going to go into work on Tuesday and say to your colleagues, 
gather round, sinners, for I have been to Timberland Church, and you may now come and touch the hem of my garment. No. It just means saying to the Holy Spirit every day, who might I bless? Who might I speak to today about Jesus? It might be, it might mean simply saying, God bless you to the server at the restaurant. We've been doing this recently. If you get great service at a restaurant and great food, ask to see the manager. But let the server know that it's good news. And the manager comes up, we just did this last week, and they, and they look nervous, because it's always a complaint. And they say, what can I do for you? And you say, nothing. We just wanted you to know that the food was great, and John here is an amazing server, and this was great, and thank you. And the mouth falls open, like, what? See, we can be countercultural in the simplest of ways. And just a God bless you, an invitation to come to church. I don't have his permission to talk about this, but this week in chapel, retired firefighter Mark, be wrong to embarrass him, but he's sitting right there next to Carla, who gave me permission, by the way, Mark. I was going to just ask for forgiveness, but she gave me permission. She's your agent. Mark goes to a coffee shop in town. It would be inappropriate to name the coffee shop he goes to. It's, I don't think the Dutch brothers would appreciate that. But when he goes to the window, he asks the name of the people, and he's got to know them all. And he tells them that he's praying for them. And now he's got to know them, he tells them that he loves them, because he does. And he's brought some of those lovely folks to Timberline. And he was sharing with us that just recently he went to fulfill his caffeine addiction there. And as he was pulling away, one of the guys waved out the window, bye Mark, love ya. That's better than a decent cappuccino any day. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us to share Jesus. So this week, let's say, fill me afresh, Holy Spirit, every day. And let's make ourselves available for His purposes. So, so what are we going to do now? Are we going to get weird? No. What we're going to do is in a moment, we're going to sing. And I'd like to invite you to respond by going to the wall. That wall there. The wall. That one there. And that one there. What are you responding for? I want you to go to the wall. If you know you need God's power in your life and you'd like to be included in prayer. I'd like you to go to the wall if there's a specific situation that you need God's power and strength for. I'd also like you to go to the wall, please listen carefully, if you need physical healing. Because one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, one of the things that He does is, is brings healing. And we're going to pray for that. I'd also like you to go to the wall if you want to stand in for somebody else that you know that's in your life and they need God's healing. I'd like you to go to the wall. 
But before we do that, let me just say this. A lot of you, a lot of us are going to respond in the next few minutes, but not everybody is going to, and not everybody has to. So if you choose to sit in your seat and just quietly reflect, or you just don't want to respond to this, no one's going to judge you for that. I say that because it's possible you might be in the minority, and I don't want you to feel picked on. I want you just to feel free to respond if you'd like. And what's going to happen, we'll sing, you go to the wall, and then our prayer team and pastoral team, they're going to wander down, and they're going to just put a dab of anointing oil on your right hand. I suppose if you don't want that, I mean, just keep your hand down, I suppose. And they'll put that oil on your hand, and then I'm going to pray, and we're asking the Holy Spirit to work now and in our lives this week. So stand with me if you're able. Let's stand. And if you want to start to head for the wall, those of you that want to, start heading over there. And maybe into these, this center aisle as well. That might be um, good because uh, we're going to run out of space. So if you're over this side, come into the center aisle and just stand there. Just stand there. Go to the walls on the outside if you would like. sing the refrain again pastoral team prayer team we got some holy chaos going on here this is wonderful I want you to start moving up and down the walls and then the center aisle here as well and can I encourage us we're going to sing that refrain again let's really worship Jesus let's lift our hearts let's lift our hands let's press into his presence together what can I say what can I do Let's worship the Lord. So what can I say? Oh. What can I do? But offer his heart, oh God, completely to Oh, 
Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your Son to rescue us. Thank you for sending your Spirit to empower us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. Fill us with the power to break chains of addiction. Fill us with the ability to be at rest and at home with the Father. My heart aches, Lord, for those for whom Father is a bad word, and your heart bursts for them. Would you bring a journey of healing and wholeness and confidence? And we pray now for physical healing. And we ask you to touch bodies that need to be whole. And we promise you, Jesus, that if you do it, we will only give you the glory. We won't try and steal anything. It's your work, your power, your glory. So both now and in the coming days, bring your touch and we ask, Lord, for reports back that we can celebrate of your touch and your help. We're asking in faith, in Jesus' name. Just twice more, what can I say? Let's sing that worship plea to the Lord before we conclude. Just stay where you are as we worship. So what can I say? What could I do? But over this heart, oh God, completely So what can I say? So before we uh, go on to do whatever we're going to do today, don't forget the serving opportunity in the cafe. Thanks as ever for your giving. If you want to use the boxes on the way out, that'll be great. But I want to just declare this to you. It's a very familiar blessing. And I'd like you to look this way as I very simply as your brother in Christ say to you the Lord bless you and keep you and the Lord make his face to shine upon you and the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. 
Everybody said? Go forth and grill chicken. God bless you.